Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to session number four of the Trailer Music Composers podcast. Let's dive in. One man... One microphone and a worrying obsession with string risers. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Okay, today in this session, I wanted to cover um, common mistakes of aspiring trailer music composers. Um, so I am obviously encounter quite a lot of aspiring composers uh, through my trailer music school and through my online courses. So I feel like I'm getting to know the common mistakes that they make. And I start to hear it uh, when people submit demos to me as well, you know. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing this up now in here is because I want to give you guys a heads up to make sure that you're not making those same mistakes, you know, and I'm not saying that I am free from mistakes, you know, I am by no means free, free from mistakes, and I even make these same mistakes myself. So maybe it's even a courteous reminder to myself to deliver my music in the best way possible. So I've managed to uh, kind of break it down to five common mistakes, because I, I feel like I see these five so many times. Um you know, and I myself did these some of these mistakes a great deal, and I still do. Uh, but I feel like having now experienced hearing so many other composers work, I feel like I'm starting to get to grips with these mistakes. Um, now, some of these are just uh, mistakes that you make just because you're so excited uh, about the music that you've written, uh, and also because a lot of us, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, but. Uh, uh, I also know that a lot of my, my students come from a rock music background, you know, or a pop music background. And I, when I say pop, I mean popular. I don't mean pop as in like, you know, uh, the genre pop. Uh, so within that genre, we, all those genres, I should say, we get used to a certain way of delivering ideas. And we try and take that way of delivering an idea and put it onto trailer music and it doesn't work in the same way. Um, and I'll get into that when I get into each point. So five common mistakes. Uh, now I'm going to uh, work backwards here and leave the most common mistake until last um, because it's my favorite one as well, because, you know, I, I feel like the last one is is often hiding a certain insecurity or fear. Anyway, so let's get started. Uh, my fifth, number five on the common mistakes list is too many drop downs in the queue. Now the effect that that has on your trailer music queue is it loses pace. Now those composers who are veterans of the industry will understand how much of a killer to your track losing pace is. And I don't mean that it 
feel you know your track has to be pacey for it to lose pace i mean if once you've set up a pace in your track you have to be careful that your drop downs do not stop that from flowing and if you do stop it from flowing it's amazing how quickly the listener loses interest and that listener is a potential buyer of your cue you know an editor a supervisor producer director whatever if it loses pace they go oh okay it's lost it done switch over to the next one so you have to really be careful about the way you you use your drop downs and if you're using a drop down you think you sit back listen to it and think to yourself am i just putting a drop down here because i want the editor to have a place to edit or am i putting a drop down here because it has a musical purpose so you know you often have a drop down at the end of act one at the end of act two and the end of act three because it has a musical purpose of uh you know a paragraph of you uh, you know at the end of the paragraph it's the end of the act drop down, take a breath, into the next act, drop down, take a breath, into the next act. But when you do those drop downs, you will notice the the masters of the drop down will not lose pace. They will have reverse sound effects coming in, perhaps even maintaining some percussive or uh, driven element within the drop down. But there will be something that, that if it does stop the pace, it gives you an idea that the pace is going to return. And that's what the reverse sound effects, the swish hits, they do. They kind of say, hey, something's coming, pay attention. And that's, you know, that's part of our job as trailer composers is to indicate what is to come in our music. And that's why we all love risers. Well, specifically me, I absolutely love a riser because it can take a mediocre sounding idea and just all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this is a trailer here. This is so cute. I'm the best. Uh, yeah, and it's great. So I would say limit your drop downs to three. At the most, limit them to three. If you have a musical reason for doing more than three, buy me, by, by all means, chuck them in there. Um, but don't just put them in there for the sake of it. You don't have to have a drop down at the end of Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3. You can just slide straight into the next act seamlessly and the editor will cut to that drop in the stems okay so just be wary of that am i using a drop down just for the sake of it or does it serve a musical purpose right now number four is using drag and drop samples too often Now, when I'm talking about drag and drop samples, I'm talking about those, um, you know, Keep Forest style trailer music instrument style uh, drag and drop samples where you can take a boam, just lay it on your track, which is great. And I love it. You know, I love I love the fact that there's this whole sort of niche trailer musician uh, sample library thing growing and growing and growing. Um, and it's great for us because it means that there's more awareness of the of the the role but also it means we've got more toys to play with now the problem comes when you use those drag and drop samples i.e a single sample throughout the entire track now that's that that isn't that much of a problem if you say if you created it yourself uh or if you manipulated it throughout the track so that it evolved but quite often People would take the sample and just plop it on their track at, you know, 
16 bar intervals. So from the right from the get-go, you hear this huge boom, which you're like, yes, that's epic. But then after like the 30 second time you've heard it, you're a bit like, okay, I'm a bit bored of that. And it's not like that amazing siren thing that was recorded in the um, Alien trailer, first Alien trailer. It's 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 the sound that you've heard before, because obviously it's a sample that other people have bought and other people are are using. You know, it's like when you hear your, hear those Omnisphere patches on TV. You know, I always hear a couple of the Omnisphere patches I use when I'm watching TV shows. I'm like, <laughs> that guy's got Omnisphere. Or girl, yeah, whoever the composer is, has Omnisphere. Anyway, the problem is the track then loses impact and feels repetitive. So the impact of that massive buan that you've paid for when you sign up to, you know, those sample library companies and get those great libraries is is reduced because you use it at its full capacity right from the get-go. So, you know, it opens with buam, you know, full spectrum, from down from sort of bow busting below 20 up to ear piercing 20,000 K, you know, it's, it's the whole spectrum. And you think, Oh my goodness, I've just pooed myself. That was immense. This trailer cue is going to be epic. And then hear it again and again and again and again. And it takes the focus away from the rest of the cue because you, all you can hear is this single sound, obviously the sound, same sound over and over and over again. Now my, my remedy for that is that you don't either a don't use the same sample right from the get go. Maybe introduce the sample piecemeal. So maybe you you don't open the track with it. You plop it on the beginning of Act Two. You know, wow, this is amazing Act Two. And then maybe halfway through Act Two, and then in Act Three, it's more regular. Uh, or say something, you use it like a simple trick of you have it in the same way that you have it placed, which is every 16 bars right from the get-go. Cool. But you put something on it like uh, even uh, a high-pass filter and you gradually automate the frequency so that it starts off as like a tinny thing or it starts off as a, as a sub-rumble, however, however you want to start it. But then it gradually opens up and you can feel this sound getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like a filter sweep in dance music, it, it gives this sample a journey. And that's what you're trying to do. You know, you're telling a story with your tracks. And if you can't, if, if your story is just this same old, like big farty boam, it's, it's going to be a bit of a boring story. You know, I'm, I am a huge fan of repetition, huge fan of repetition, but you have to be clever with it. So when you're using those drag and drop samples, that's when I say drag and drop, I mean, you know, you, they're like different bombs mapped out on a keyboard. Just be careful the way you use them. Either use them sparingly or use them intelligently. Right. Number three, the third most common mistake is making act three the same as act two. And I don't mean uh, they've done it on purpose. The, the they fall into the trap of uh, Act Two and Act Three, basically feeling the same, and that usually comes from stems from two things: either they've made their second act too massive, so that they don't really have anywhere to move in Act Three, or when it comes to Act Three, they don't know how to make it feel bigger. And the result is you get to Act 3 and you go, okay, I'm a bit bored now. This feels looped. And it does. The effect is 
the feeling of loops. And we're all using loops. Don't lie about it. You know, we're all using loops. We're all thinking in four and eight bar progressions. You know, maybe some uh, some intelligentsia out there will be uh, thinking in a different way. You know, actually, I'm dealing with four-part harmony and uh, counterpoint, Richard. Well, great. Well done for you. Well done you. Uh, there will still be loops. It's just the loops are uh, different lengths. Anyway, I'm digressing, aren't I? Yes. So, remedies. So say your act two is too big, strip it back. You know, you can have an act two that doesn't feel massive. The act two just has to bring some pace, bring some something new to the table. I remember in, in a film, act two is, is when the proverbial hits the fan, you know, when the problems start in the narrative. So it has to feel like it brings tension. And usually the easiest way to bring tension is to give it a pace. Because pace gives you this kind of like, Tension that you need to be moving because it's feeling like it's moving. Uh, yeah, so and that's an easy way to add tension uh, to represent that change in Act Two. So it doesn't have to be massive in Act Two. Or the way you do you, all the way you do that, rather than stripping instruments out, is you look at your orchestration. You know, can I drop some instruments down an octave? or lose some elements of the harmony. Like, you know, do I need that perfect fifth? It's not really doing anything for the harmony. Um, can I maybe just go for the the seventh and the third, if I'm working the seventh chords, or even just uh, the third and the root, whatever it is. Think about that, and so that you can prog- progress your harmony and progress your orchestration so that when it does hit Act 3, that's when the real size is experienced. Um, now the other thing is the the worry. I mean, this this I have to. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. This was my issue when I started writing training music. You know, Act One, yes. Act Two, yes. Act Three, what do I do? You know, there there aren't many manuals that tell you how to produce uh, an epic sounding track using sort of sixty to a hundred channels uh, and how to make it big sounding without muddying the waters. And that's one of the things. Uh, usually it's just um, it's just a case of knowing how to use your instruments. Um, so for instance, I, I would always use brass in a kind of choral way in Act 3, which was totally wrong. You know, you know, the brass needs to bra- the brass, the brass needs to feel kind of like a huge uh, power chord strum in in the third act it needs to have this sort of massive impact you know those kind of like classic scenes where someone's got like a huge wall of martial stacks behind them and they sort of plug their guitar in it's like and then people's sort of skin gets melted off their face and their socks are flying off all over the shop that's the type of thing that brass wants to do um and i'm what i'm talking about that i'm talking about the brahms really um you could still write in a choral way when it comes to your brass uh but it needs to have a different approach to it as well. You know, you then need to start thinking about your horns, taking the top line. Uh, and well, obviously the, I, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about epic music rather than trailer music in general, because trailer, trailer music in general, it's just a case from genre to genre, your approach to the third act will differ. But the most important thing is impact. Impact can come from lots of different things. It doesn't have to come from a huge wall of sound. It can come from a tempo change. It can come from an orchestration change. It can come from a drop 
into a completely lower level of dynamic. So you just need to think about your cue, about the genre you're working in with, and how you can make Act 3 the same. If you really don't know how to make Act 3 bigger, make Act 3, uh, make Act 2 smaller. Job done. Right, now, Act 2. Wait, I have too many acts here. Uh, common mistake number two is using your full drum rhythm too early. Now, this is uh, something that I learned from Steve Reich. Um, Reich? Reich? I've always said Reich. I'll say Reich. Steve Reich. Uh, you know, when he, he would have like a drum pattern in his mind and he would strip out the parts so that when it starts, the drum part starts with one hit. And then as the drum progresses, it, he adds another hit. So it becomes a two, two hits within the, the pattern. And then you progress to get to your full drum pattern. Now, what a lot of aspiring composers do when they submit a demo is... They want to give Act 2 impact, so they load it with everything. And it's great, because it does have have impact, but then, again, it's the same problem. I get bored. Okay, I've heard the same drum rhythm with all the same iterations already. I'm only halfway through Act 2, so by the time I get to Act 3 and it's the same drum rhythm again, I'm not interested. I've lost interest. Same thing applies as the previous mistake, if you feel like you've got your biggest sounding drum loop, drum pattern, I'll say pattern, then put that at the back end of Act 3 and then work backwards from there. You know, I, I know some people mix their trailer cues like this. They mix from Act 3 and work backwards. Because once you've got Act 3, you know how you know the scope of your cue both its size, its weight, its impact, its pace, its drama, its emotion. You know everything from Act 3, because that's essentially all you're doing. You're building up to that point. So you have your, your full thing there, and you work backwards. And you, what I would do, if I were you, if you're not sure what I mean, is I would take your drum pattern and then loop it backwards right to the start. And at each reiteration of the pattern, take a note out. So by the so by the so the first reiteration you lose a note, second reiteration you lose two notes, third reiteration lose three notes, etc. Uh, and when I say notes, it can that can take the form of literally an, uh, a note within the rhythm if it's a single drum, or it can be maybe even a drum that is playing. So you know, oh actually I'll lose the snares, I won't have the snares until the end. Oh actually here I'll lose the tycos, and here I'll lose the ticking clock, lose it, uh, use it, and then you'll see that your your rhythm is progressing and you're giving your idea breadth simply by spreading the love. All right now, this first one, um, I am extremely passionate about introductions. Extremely passionate about them. Introductions set the scene. They are, you know... They are the things that capture you. When, I mean, when I sit down to watch a trailer, and I have to say, I have very little patience with a lot of trailers because I sit down and go, ah, oh, this again. Uh, you know, even when it's my music, oh, it's this again, Rich, doing your cello plucks again. Uh, but what you're doing with your introduction is you're grabbing their attention. You are the hook into the trailer. You are the hook into the world. You are the hook into the soundscape. So what you do in your introduction gives them an idea of what is to come. Now, 
the mistake that everyone makes is overcomplicating the introduction. And I know why, because I have done it too. And it's for fear that a single note in an introduction isn't enough. Well, no, I, I, I can't have that single piano note. That doesn't, no, 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 they won't like that. Let, let's put some drones in. Let's put a cinematic boom. Let's layer up at least six different instruments playing the same note so that I have this wonderful layer, which admittedly can sound very nice. But what happens is you start to add more layers, add more things. And before you realize it, you have thrown all of your interesting elements into the introduction. So again, you have nowhere to go with your patterns and nowhere to go with your dynamics. If you start with a single note, you have everywhere to go. You give yourself scope to move. It's kind of like if you imagine your introduction being a wall, uh, being your, your, let's rephrase that, your introduction being some bricks, right? You can choose to make steps so that your listener can walk up those steps, or you can choose to make a wall so that they have nowhere to go. And what you want to do is tease them with little steps, little things, one by one, that gradually tease them into Act 2, tease them into Act 3, tease them into then going to see the film, because that trailer was effing amazing. That's the thing. Don't overcomplicate your intro. A drone, when done well, can do the job. Think how many trailers start with violin harmonics. Think how many trailers start with a single ding or a single Because those single sounds have been thought about and placed well, they create a visual landscape and a sonic landscape immediately. You hear that kind of like ding with a really lovely long reverb tail and immediately you're in a different world. You know, you hear that harmonic, the nice violin harmonic doubled in the octaves. And you think, oh yeah, immediately I'm in the films. I'm, I'm, I'm in a film. And you hear, and it's great. It just teases you in. And then once you're into that landscape, you're into that soundscape, that's when you bring in more elements. You're gradually revealing elements of your cue to them. You know, your, your cue could essentially be a four-bar loop but you have written it so cleverly that they don't hear that four, that four full four bar loop until right at the very end. At that point, they're like, this track is a mess. Yep. Do you get me? So don't overcomplicate your intro. So next time you sit down, try and do something simple, like try and refrain from adding more than two things, more than one thing, perhaps, you will be surprised as to how it then affects the way you write the rest of the cue. It gives you more room to skirt, more room to develop. What you will find is your act two will then develop more naturally and your act three will then feel bigger because you've started smaller. Now, remember with dynamics, both in visual mediums and in sonic mediums, dynamics come from a spectrum. If everything is forking loud, you're not going to hear it as forking loud. You're going to hear it as just loud, just one level. If most of your cue is quiet, but then it comes in with this huge sound, that huge sound is going to seem like a tidal wave of noise. 
It's, it's really important. The same with drawing. If you're drawing, make sure that you're, if you're doing dark shadows, make those shadows as dark as possible. And that will then, by contrast, make the highlights stand out. And that's what you're doing with this. And a lot of these mistakes are very, very similar. You know, uh, the same sample too often. Uh, act two and act three feeling the same. Drum, full drum loops and patterns too early, overcomplicating the intro. They, those four mistakes are all essentially the same thing. You're blowing your load too early. You're revealing your cards when you don't need to. Approach your music with confidence. You know what you're doing. Because you're writing music that you like to write. No one else can do what you do. That's the thing to think about. You know what you're doing. Now slowly reveal your ideas. Believe me, it will help your writing no end. Now I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, please review, um, leave a review that is. And if you want to learn more about writing trailer music, head on over to the Trailer Music School, and you know you can check out my YouTube channel as well as Richard Schreiber. Thank you so much, guys. You are awesome. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I have something really, really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle. And I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.